Systems work, people fail. Welcome to InsureMark's Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser, where we share proven systems and processes for the 21st century advisor. Today, it's essential that advisors find a way to differentiate themselves from the competition. Learn how to elevate your game and accomplish incredible feats as Jeremy teaches you how to build a more successful and sustainable business while realizing a better work-life balance is not only possible, but achievable. 2023 is the year for speed and being efficient. Welcome to this week's episode of Advisor Mentorship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Hauser, and today I am joined by Chad Burns, the Chief Distribution Officer of Aspida. Chad comes from an extensive background, anywhere from Transamerica, where he served as their regional vice president, overseeing annuity sales and corporate retirement sales in North Carolina. He also had some roles in Prudential Financial, AXA. Honestly, Chad, where have you not worked with all those <laughs> carriers that I'm naming? So good to have you on the show today. And uh, if you don't mind sharing with the audience, obviously being with a lot of carriers. So who is Chad Burns and uh, who is Aspita? Some of my advisors may not have heard who Aspita is as well. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. And the who is Chad Burns is probably the more complicated of the two questions, but I'll try to simplify it. You know, I've, I've been in Raleigh, North Carolina my entire life. Um, I've been married 27 years to a wonderful wife, have three daughters, twins that are 24 and uh, youngest is 22. I've been in this crazy business for 17 years now. Like you mentioned, uh, the first 11 was with some of the you know, more larger national carriers, Hartford, Trans, and Cruise. Speeda, I would say, is different than most insurance companies, definitely, that I've worked with. You know, Typically, when I think of an insurance company, I think of large, bureaucratic, slow, somewhat boring. And Aspita is completely opposite of all those things. We really see ourselves as more of a technology company, startup tech company that just happens to be selling you know, insurance products. And our company motto is get shit done. And that's really the culture that we're building. Every webinar I've been on of listening to you guys, y'all's team actually talking about just being a tech company, which is just a almost a complete different view from the insurance side of things. When we talk to other companies itself, I know uh, some carriers, can you talk to like the benefits of the technology that you all are offering? I know some of the carriers now as this airs in January, here over the last 60, 90 days, some companies, literally advisors are on the phone or our team's on the phone following up on business. And they could be on the phone whole times for 45 minutes to an hour. One company was, I won't give their name away, but it was three hours back in December. Wow. Um, <laughs> waiting to just service policies, suitability being 10 days, 18 days just to get contracting. So the Talk to the technology part of Aspita and what type of times are you all seeing with y'all's experience in the MIGA business, but also the FIA business? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've heard all those horror stories for, from other companies that, that people are dealing with now. And I really think our ability to onboard agents and also process new businesses is really our greatest strength right now. It's you know by being paperless and having a true end-to-end -end digital platform. We're able to onboard and process business faster and more efficient than most. And again, I think it gives us a huge competitive advantage. And obviously getting, you know, having rates and, and comp is important to get the agent to do its first, their first piece of business. But once they experience how efficient we are and the service that we're able to offer, I think that's why we're going to have loyal producers for years to come. And one example, and this is a real life example that just happened to happen this past Friday, 3.30 Friday afternoon when I'm 
about to sign off and kind of kick off the holiday weekend, I get a call from a marketer who's kind of in a panic. They have an agent that has a client in town. It's about to leave for a three-week holiday vacation, and they want to do an, a speed application, but this particular agent's not even licensed with us. Um, and they're asking me, is there any way we could do something, possibly have them onboarded and, and try to get this app in next week if possible? And so it was 3.30 Friday, and by 5 o'clock, we were able to onboard the agent. The agent was able to go into the portal, do product training, do the e-application, client and agent both sign, it auto-issues, client has a copy of their policy in their inbox mailed by five o'clock, and agent got paid commission today. And so that's, I mean, that right there is just a real life example of truly how fast we're able to onboard an agent, issue business, and, and have a happy, you know, very happy agent and client, you know, because of it. I would be remiss because one of my advisors had a similar scenario earlier this month, well, in, in December, where he actually had a policy that was submitted at 2.16 in the afternoon, and it was issued by 2.18. So <laughs> everybody who's listening, how do we get that down to a minute? Not yeah, two. well, in, in the one on Friday was 26 <laughs> seconds. That was our fastest. So two minutes is great, but 26 seconds is, I don't know if we can do it much faster, but yeah, it's, it's great. And the feedback has been incredible. And there, there's always going to be some old school producers that, that like their paper and they're just not a good fit for us. And me being distribution, I want every agent I can work with. And so I had some tough conversations with our CEO and our technology team early on saying, can we at least allow some paper exceptions for particular agents of a certain size? And the answer was no. We're sticking. This is what we do. We're going to be a technology company, a digital platform, paperless. And we understand there'll be some agents and clients that that just don't want to use us. And that's okay. And uh, But for those that do use us, they're going to see us processing business quicker and faster, more efficient than anyone else in the business. And that's what we're seeing early on. So it's great to get that feedback. So let's talk about the yield part of it. Mentioning that Aspida for the products that continue to come out, very competitive, especially not just in the MIGA space, but the FIAs as y'all have grown already here in the short time for y'all's company, y'all's the products that are available for advisors to offer. For whatever reason, I'd love for you to explain it to me, maybe in layman's terms here, but how are y'all able to generate some of the caps, the par rates, the I mean, how are y'all able to get these high rates on these FIA products? Do you mind talking a little bit about that? And also on the MIGA space, always being within the top two of a top actual rate that's offered to consumers? Absolutely. And it's a great question. Believe it or not, it's probably my biggest objection that I hear right now is it's too good to be true, which for mm -hmm. us is a great problem to have, but it's an interesting question to answer. And really to me, I think it comes down to the three different areas why we would offer these really competitive rates. There's two other things that really, you know, they're smaller, but they add up. And part of it is our paperless digital platform that we've already talked about. You know, mm -hmm. the fact that we're able to be faster, more efficient and do that with actually less bodies, less people, there's a cost savings. And we ultimately are able to take that cost savings and put that back into to our bottom line, to our rates, to, to our clients. And then the third thing is we really try to do as much as possible in-house and not rely on third parties. So we built our own e-app, we built our own illustration systems, our client portal, admin portal, agent portal, we all built internally and we all maintain internally. Our service we do in-house. We have a, just an incredible service team that's again, based in Durham, North Carolina, right in our building. Uh, I know a lot of carriers like to outsource that stuff. And the problem is one, the cost involved with outsourcing to third parties that has to go to the bottom line and hurts your ability to, to generate good rates and yield. And, and, and also you lose control. And you know, as fast and as efficient as we want to be, we don't 
we don't want to have the issue of having to rely on a third party telling us when they're going to fit us in their schedule. We're able to really prioritize where we need something and then just make that happen. And again, that all leads to cost savings, which ultimately goes to the client and the rates that you've seen so far. And and I know for y'all's distribution and the strategy, Aspita, not anybody can just offer your products. So for the listeners that are um, that are tuning in, how does Aspita decide on which actual advisors are able to recommend y'all's products? Because it's not available to let's just say anybody who wants to call up Aspita and write the business. To my understanding, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And you know we've been very fortunate that from day one we've had. People calling and knocking on our door, wanting to partner and work with the speed. That's a great thing. But, you know, our philosophy from day one was to be very selective and really have a few core partners and just go really deep with those partners versus trying just to partner with anyone, everyone that, that wanted to sell a speed up. So, so market synergy group, I've got to give them all the credit in the world for our early success in the IMO channel. They've been amazing. They're a product development company. So they've helped us develop our products but they also have partnerships with some of the top IMOs in, in the business. And so that gave us instant access to those IMOs and their network of agents from day one. So, you know, we really rely on the MSG team and their partner IMOs to help us onboard the right agents, the right subgroups. And so far that's been, you know, been working great. We've also got a, another partner that's more dedicated to just the bank channel and another dedicated to just the RA channel. And, and really those three partners are who we're going to, you know, help us get started and continue to grow a speed up. And for those, for the advisors that, so obviously it's awesome with InsureMark, Simplicity, other groups that have access to you guys, but not every advisor might be the right fit. I know currently right now it's uh, MIGAs and FIA products for pure accumulation. So who would be necessarily the right advisor who's obviously tech-friendly? Is there ones that you're seeing a lot more success with as opposed to some that might not be a good fit? for writing with your carrier? Yeah, like like you said, we're, right now we've got the MIGA and, and the accumulation FIA. So anyone, any producer, and we work with agents, advisors, IARs, RIAs. So we'll work with anyone. We're, we don't discriminate there. As long as they have clients that right now that are, that are looking for maybe some protection to these volatile markets, they're getting prepared for retirement and really looking to not only protect their assets, but also continue to grow their assets. I think we've got great solutions and great products for. So at this point, we, we're not in the income game. We're, that's, mm-hmm. we'll probably talk more about that later to come. But at this point, if an advisor is looking for guaranteed income for life, we currently don't have a solution for that. So I would say we're more focused right now on that accumulation side with the MIGAs and FIA. And for, and so obviously since July of last year, if I heard you right, so that's incredible. So this year alone, the ALS team is going to do about, so for 2022, approximately 700, you said 700 uh, yeah, yeah. Million? yeah we, we're, we're going to submit just over 700 million, probably issue about 650 million. So yeah, that's been, and really we had a soft launch in July because we just wanted to kind of test our systems. So our first few weeks intentionally held back the rates, really just wanted to get a few apps in and again, make sure that we were able to handle the volume once we turned it on. And it was really, I would say early August was the time that we cranked the rates up. So really it's been more four to five months that we've been able to issue that 700 plus million so far. So in just four to five months for 2022 of that's a tremendous amount of volume, any challenges or what challenges did Aspita go through for 2022 that maybe it just doesn't trickle down to groups like ours whenever we're reaching out? Because obviously it's full speed ahead, it seems like. So are there any challenges that Aspita has seen or with all that success in such a short period? 
Yeah, you know, I would say there's probably two main. The first one is just being a new carrier. That itself has some challenges. The fact that we don't have an existing network of producers, agents, advisors that are ready to go the minute we launch a product. You know, so I'm kind of jealous of these more established carriers when they launch a product. They they don't have to worry about onboarding agents to sell it. They've got those agents. They just need to focus on having a good product and good rates. We're currently not only do we have to come out with good product rates, we also have to onboard agents. And and so that's that in itself is a challenge. We've done a great job. We've onboarded, I think, around 3,000 producers so far this year. And our goal next year is to get over 20,000. So I look forward to the day that uh, we can roll out a product and not have to also worry about finding producers to actually sell those products. So I think, and also being new, just the trust factor. If you look at our executive team and, and, and the companies that we've been with and helped grow and leaning on that. So I think that's the story that, that we can go out and, you know, to at least start to build some credibility and trust there. And then the other really challenging thing that, that I deal with on a daily basis is how do we prioritize our IT team? Because that's a huge part of our company. And there's really, right now, I think we've got over 100 items in our backlog list. And each day we have to go through and try to prioritize which one of those we're going to work on. And, and it's a mix of bugs in our new system, because as, as great as these systems are, we literally built brand new and we're finding things weekly that could be better or there's something that's preventing someone from doing business or this service issue is happening. And so we're, we've got to go in and fix these bugs. We have enhancements that we know we want to make. There's going to be versions 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 that we know what we want, but it's just, we got to have the time and the resources to, to get those enhancements in and then rolling out new products. You know, that's, that's ultimately, we want to be able to roll out products, new indexes, new crediting strategies quicker and faster than others as well. But the problem is all of those areas are being done by the R1 IT team. And at this point, it's a fairly small team. They're doing an amazing job. We're, they're getting pulled in, in, in a bunch of different directions and I want them all done now. So it's hard to sit down and decide, well, this needs to be done over this because it all needs to be done. But unfortunately, we got to knock them off one by one. So I would say that's probably our my at least biggest frustration and biggest challenge is, is having these backlog of items that need to be done yesterday. And it's just going to take us time to get, knock them all out and pick which ones that, that we're going to knock off in, in that certain order. Well, so far to the level of what my team has been experiencing none of that has become challenges yet for us. So, <laughs> so obviously hear. internally, you probably yeah. want to move a lot faster, but I mean, we're loving it as a consumer, but for yeah. opportunities for next year. So you mentioned more distribution. So trying to get more advisors to possibly new products. Is there anything else that y'all are biggest opportunities for 2023? Yeah, I would say the two areas that I see the biggest, one is just the FIA space in general. Most of our sales in 22 was through the MIGAs. We just launched the FIA back in mid-November, and we've seen some explosive growth already from that. So that's encouraging. Um, and that's really going to be our focus in 23. We, you know, You're going to see that product mix flip, and ultimately FIA is going to be the bulk of our sales, and we'll use the MIGAs strategically as needed. But So so I think we'll be enhancing that. with We are going to be coming out with a income FIA in the first quarter. We've got some new crediting strategies we're going to be rolling out, as well as another at least one or two indexes. And so that's going to be a big focus overall is the FIA business. And then the other area is our broker-dealer business. We There's some limitations now for those broker-dealers to have their own order entries. And we just, as much as they and their advisors want access to a speedo, we currently can't work with them because of those limitations. So we're currently going to, we're working on having Firelight, AnnuityNet, and a firm all up and running in 23. And that will give us access to those broker-dealers that, that are looking to partner with the speedo. I love it. And out of curiosity, I know some of my advisors would love to know. So when it comes to renewal, so obviously with the company being so 
so short-term and then the product being so competitive, is there any particular resources? And I've actually, just so you know, seen some of the marketing materials y'all use on LinkedIn, huge kudos to whoever does y'all's marketing using the, uh, the kids as the financial planners. <laughs> yeah, um, that, those uh, were awesome. Advisors are actually leveraging some of those resources too. So if you're not following the speed on LinkedIn, I highly recommend it. it but for the ones that might be hesitant due to not having renewal history or whatever they may come about. How do you talk to that advisor for you guys being a short company or where have been the opportunities for you to help help maybe ease an advisor into a speeda? Sure. Yeah. For those renewal concerns specifically, one is I think when you look at our philosophy of pricing these products, our actuarial team, we're, I would say we're actually a lot more conservative than other carriers. We price level throughout the duration of the contract. So we, we don't price in a automatic drop in years two, three or four or five, like a lot of carriers do. And I understand why those carriers do it because that gives them a little more juice on the front end to, to offer the rates that, that you see. But we really, from a client's perspective, just want to be transparent and build the most client-friendly product possible. So we truly do price it to be level from year one through year five or year 10, depending on the duration of the two products. Now, with that being said, market conditions can definitely influence, you know, renewals. And, and but if, if all being equal, if we're in the same condition, we're going to, we're going to renew at the same rate. So, so that's one thing is the way we price it. And then we also have built in a bailout rate that if we do drop below a certain level, the S and P that someone can walk fully liquid with, uh, if they choose at that point to, to get out of the product. So I think between the way we price it and then offering the bailout, those are the two things we currently can do. And then just time will tell. I think as people see the way that we do price these on renewals, that will only get easier as we get more mature and actually people have an opportunity to experience the way that we actually price this year over year. Love that bailout feature. I actually forgot about that. So good to know. Is there anything that we have maybe not discussed, Chad, or words of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Oh, let's see. We just announced our first top producer trip for the FIA. So you'll start to see a lot of material coming on that. I'm excited to say we're going to be taking our top 25 FIA agents to Maui, Four Seasons Maui, in May of 24. So production that came in the first two months of this year, and then all of 23 will, will qualify for that. So, so you'll start to see MSG will start to, to put out material on that. So be on the lookout for our agent trip. And otherwise, I would just say anyone that, that hasn't worked with Aspida yet, give us a shot, do your first app and, and see for yourself that truly how fast and efficient that we can process the business and how we're able to service the business. And I think we'll, we'll make a fan out of anyone that, that gives us a shot. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chad, for joining us on today's podcast. Also, thank you to the listener for tuning into this episode. Please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening device and follow us on LinkedIn here at Jeremy Hauser so you don't miss any future episodes of the Advisor Mentorship Podcast. And remember, in a world full of betas, be an alpha. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Jeremy on LinkedIn to stay up to date. If you would like to request our introduction kit, feel free to check out www.advisormentorship.com and click on learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.